Mary Favier, Cork GP and COVID advisor to the College of General Practitioners. And she is also, of course, a member of NEFIT. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Brendan. So, Mary, is that a is that a fair characterization? I know you don't you're not going to tell us what went on at the NEFIT meetings. Is it a fair characterization that the Irish Times says growing optimism among public health officials, that uh, the mood at the NEFIT meeting generally upbeat, and that the discussions focus more on mapping a route out from current restrictions? Yes, I think that's a fair representation in the sense of I never thought I'd be on the radio talking about the highest cases ever of COVID. And yet there is some optimism that, that we're managing and we're getting through it with some very difficult disruption. Uh, GP saw the beginning of this in the week before Christmas. You know, COVID was everywhere. It was in full families. And we've seen it now come through the huge testing uh, you know, and the surge and the, the difficulties of the system to cope. But what we're also seeing is that nobody is getting really sick. So in my practice, we haven't sent anybody to hospital and haven't even thought had to consider it. Nobody. So that's, that's a ground for optimism. For, for how long have you not sent anyone to hospital or had to consider it? Uh, for quite, quite a number of months, but we were dealing with relatively low cases with such a huge number. Yeah. I mean, we've we've had difficulty each morning keeping track of the number of positive cases, yet not being followed through in, into significant illness. One thing that is a little bit of a concern is that for the first week or two of this, it was all very much young people, 19 to 24. This week, we're seeing that it's rising in the older age groups. And that is a little bit of a concern you know, in terms of they've got, got very good vaccine protection and they're largely had their boosters, but we've to yet see whether that goes through into more hospitalizations. Okay, but so, but so far, far the older okay. people you're seeing are not, are not tending to be very sick. Indeed, which is a very substantial change to this time last year. Okay, so um, so I know we've been very cautious about saying anything like this up to now, but clearly, you know, we said we have to wait and see more evidence and evidence. Are we at a point now, really, where the evidence is kind of in? And I mean, if you look across South Africa and, and even the UK, which is a little bit ahead of us, there is some startling evidence on the difference between the Delta wave and the Omicron wave in terms of hospitalizations and particularly ICU ventilation, death, all that. I think the evidence is is gathering fast, but is not yet complete. And there's another week, 10 days in that. Okay. And that's because there was some disruption over Christmas in, in data collection in every country. And we really do need to be sure, but it's looking very encouraging. And the Department of Health collects the international data every single day and compares it. And we are trending very much on the optimistic scenarios that it's you know, 60, 80% less uh, virulent than, than previous Delta infections. But that might be because of the vaccine protection rather than, than the actual virus itself. Yeah, or so a combination is really, of the two, maybe. Or a combination yeah. of the two. Vaccine is proving to be really very effective. Yeah. And it's a, it's a point to encourage people to get their boosters. I heard uh, because very, it, that, that's yeah, 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 okay. I heard a very startling figure from the UK, which is that they have 10 times the number of cases they had a year ago, and they have a quarter of the number of people on mechanical ventilation, which is very heartening, isn't it? Yes, and there's there's some subtle hospital changes as well. So for so people who are in hospital are needing less oxygen and less oxygen support, and then substantially needing less transfer to ICU and less mechanical support there, yeah. which had been the really scary part of of last year. But we so it, we're in a situation where we probably haven't seen the top of the surge yet. It's likely to be more into next week, and there's a little bit of a concern, as you pointed out in the headlines, that. If we say, oh, this is all fine, it's it's just a common cold, that 
people will drop their guard and it will really surge. And as we've seen, it's not just the impact of the infections on an individual, which are proven to be usually quite mild. It's the impact into people's families in terms of self-isolation and close contacts, not to go to work and not to go to school. And so there's a lot of knock-on in that at the moment, as we can see in in staffing issues so then, and in Mary, general practice we've had our sorry, challenges sorry. with that too yeah sorry okay is there an argument then that and, and I see at the NEFIT meeting that it, it, they're saying it was less about more restrictions and more about how we unwind the ones we have is there an argument that the balance is tipping here on the um, on the damage being done by restrictions versus the damage being done by Omicron at this stage Yes, indeed. There's two issues here. It's always easier to drive in than to reverse out. And so the challenge now is how do we reverse out appropriately, carefully and with due regard that things could still go wrong. And there's always a balance between the provision of care to, to COVID illness and the very substantial risk that was to individuals and our health system you know, in the previous waves versus the, the balance now of, of non-COVID care. And that we need there's, that, that's an ethical issue of how do you balance those things out? And we see it in general practice every day. The last thing we want to be doing is, is providing providing the majority of our service to COVID illness when it's actually quite mild and if we do not want to see uh, the non-COVID urgent care neglected and we'd be encouraging people if you've got symptoms you know if you're concerned make sure make sure you attend and so that's a real challenge in the hospital systems with staffing and so there's another week or 10 days but I think that that will that balance will tip and we'll need to think about how to, to uncouple a lot of this. So you think we need we'll be thinking about that next week? Yes, and that, that's yeah. a challenge. How do you do that? Yeah. And we've we've got we've always had two groups in society, those those who don't think COVID is much of a risk, particularly in the younger groups, and off they go and live their lives. But we've got a lot of very COVID anxious people out there, and there'll be quite a lot of work to do. And GPC a lot of this in terms of the of the, the people cocooning when they don't necessarily need to be so strict yeah. about it or so cautious, and unpicking and stepping back from all of that. And that will apply into regulations in hospitals, regulations in schools, regulations in general practice surgeries, and so a lot of challenges there. And that will won't be easy and it will be uneven but but needs to be done and, and that's the work for the next week or two. Okay and listen in terms of uh, I know the decision was made to hold the close contact rules steady at the moment but it does seem like anecdotally that they're causing havoc in, in families, causing havoc in schools, um, not helping the health system or anything. Is there an argument at this stage for lightening up on the close contact rules a bit? I think it was quite a reasonable decision to hold steady for now because we do still don't fully know. But the, indeed, the, the, the close contact rules and the regulations would melt your head. Even GPs are struggling with the algorithms, as they're called. I presume People you're not speaking for Neffet there when you say they'd melt yes, your indeed, head. Is that Neffet a, is that... included. People <laughs> really? saying, I can't work this out. But if you work through it systematically, you can. Yeah. But it's the fact that they've changed it. So I've huge sympathy, particularly for parents trying to work out. I've one child, you know, isolating. I've another one vaccinated. Uh, you know, how do I manage all of these things? And GPs are giving a lots of steady, reassuring advice, and people are really trying to do their best. And from a parental point of view. That vaccination is now opened up for the five to twelves, and we'd really encourage people to to think about getting their children vaccinated. 
GPs are always great enthusiasts of the protections that, that come with vaccination, but it will solve a lot of this issue of should they be isolating, can they go to school if your child is vaccinated? Okay, yeah, I was actually, I was briefly at a, at a vaccination centre earlier and there were a lot of nervous, uh, nervous but excited uh, little kids, I think. I, but tell me this, um, is the, so are you saying that the primary reason to get the kids vaccinated at the moment is basically so that they can go about their lives uh, le- less encumbered by restrictions and, and isolation and stuff? I think there's two reasons. I think we don't yet fully know the impact of Omicron uh, on children, uh, very small children, and they are there's very young ones are not vaccinated. We don't know yet how their rates will transfer into hospitalisation. So there's a bit of caution around Omicron and younger children, and that's a, a reason alone to get children vaccinated. But yes, as with all public health campaigns with, for childhood immunisation, it's around you know, getting everybody protected and then they can all protect each other. Okay. And it's protecting families and communities. So it, there's two reasons, really. And it's to encourage people to start to think about that. Mary, before I let you go, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying here that we're potentially are at or very close to a, a tipping point here? I think it could be famous last words, yeah. but potentially, yes, it, for this particular variant. Yeah, we don't exactly. know what else is coming, exactly. but for this exactly. one. And I think considering things have been so grim, and if you saw the mood of the Neffet meeting before Christmas, it was quite different this yeah. time because we were really, really quite concerned what this was all going to mean. So for a change, <clears throat> it's, 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 it's more optimistic. But I think we do have to be cautious. We have to say, look, can we all just hold steady for a week or two? Okay. We've done so well for so long and to, to keep going, but then things hopefully will improve. Okay, Dr. Mary Favier, thank you very much.